This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, March 31st, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you watching us live on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, see the handsome mugs of Bill Curlick and Mark Porter, the two foremost recruiting experts in the Midwest and really the world. We appreciate them joining us. Bill, Mark, how goes it? All good. Going well this morning. We have them in separate locales, so there will be no slapping. And they get along great anyway, so it's not an issue. We would not even choreograph something like that fake for ratings. We are not like that. We are here to talk about recruiting. But what we really want is to get your questions. We want the show to be as interactive as possible. You will not get access to two guys with this much knowledge anywhere else at any other time. So let's take advantage of that. I see the viewers are starting to file in here. Bill, let's start with you. It is a huge recruiting weekend. You will be two screening it with the final four and getting in touch with the recruits. Set the scene for us and let us know some of the names. Sunshine State Spectacular this weekend. Uh, The contingent from Florida um, heading towards a dozen players And, and not just players, but great players. Uh, it, you know, it starts today that uh, Cedric Baxter, running back, is supposed to start his visit to Ohio State today. But then you go into the weekend and all these guys are, as we talked about in an article I did on Bucknuts on uh, Wednesday, they're, they're all friends. They have all been through the youth group. Group youth, athletic, youth athletics. They've been through the uh, seven on sevens, all that. They do stuff together each weekend, and they're all coming up to Ohio State this weekend. You've got Brandon Ennis um, and Carnell Tate, two absolutely elite wide receivers um, that, that are that are coming here this weekend. And then you've got others, another elite wide receiver, Jeremiah Smith. He's just a 2024 wide receiver. Uh, Damian Fagan safety and the list goes on and on it's going to be a spectacular group but it won't just be florida kids obviously there'll be some ohio kids mixed in there and all uh a georgia kid kid it's interesting in that his brother is headed to ohio state on a basketball scholarship bryce thornton a cornerback from georgia so you know you can go on and on we've got this list uh, on our message board uh the front row message board but it's going to be a huge weekend for ohio state and it's in, it's in conjunction with the 
uh, scrimmage that they're having on Saturday. That's the student appreciation day scrimmage. Definitely. We'll have all the uh, information up for that. So whichever students check this out, get a chance to go out. That's an awesome feature they have. I don't know how the weather is going to cooperate this weekend, but when it does, that can be a wonderful experience. Mark, you mentioned a few names in there. One of them is Damian Fagan, who's a guy that we will have your recent review of coming up soon. Talk a little bit about Fagan and many, any of the other names that jumped out to you there. Yeah, uh, we'll do Fagan first. When I broke down his film, it was a really easy breakdown for me. You see right off the bat, we got some hitting, then you have elite coverage, and then you have him coming up and making a bunch of tackles and playing in the box and playing over the top. So he checked the speed box, the tackling box. He's very physical. Uh, and he, what I liked about him is he's a football player. There were a lot of tackles on that film that weren't textbook tackles. They're what I call just throwing your body in there and getting the guy on the ground. And when I see a lot of those on film, I know we got a football player. And then uh, Cedric Baxter is the other name that stood out to me. That's your Trey Sermon, Carlos Hyde type back, the big bruiser, the the 220-pounder that can maybe go three downs. And we broke him down a couple of weeks ago. His highlight film was outstanding. He's He's someone that I really like as, a, as an Ohio State back in this, you know, up in the weather this time, uh, late November, stuff like that. Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis are two guys that you've done reviews of. And what I'm seeing is, and the NFL is seeing it as well, they fit the mold. Yeah, the, the long body types is what they have, and they're very explosive. Uh, Ennis had to play quarterback this year, but, you know, he's 190 pounds, almost 200 pounds, and I compared him to like a Debo Samuel or that A.J. Brown. I know those guys are heavier, but he was so strong in the legs, the way he powered through arm tackles, and, of course, Tate, the long receiver from IMG that we got to see uh, up here at the Hall of Fame, and he put on a show with a nice one-handed catch, and, you know, we've been breaking him down and his watching his films. It's just absolutely outstanding, so. Like Bill said, the contingent on campus this weekend is going to be outstanding. And Dan, I got I got to get back real quick to two kids I absolutely got to mention that I haven't mentioned yet. We talked about the wide receivers from Florida, but Jalen Hale from Texas, tremendous talent. He's supposed to be here on Saturday. And then getting back to Florida, Cormani McLean, best cornerback, cornerback in the country, is going to be here this weekend. So I absolutely have to mention those two guys as well. Yeah, Cormani McLean, very interesting in the article you did with Andrew Ivins, our Florida expert, mentioned that Jeffrey Okuda was his favorite player. So that's always a good model. Bill, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I think all of us were a little bit surprised that, and I'm going to mess up these. There are so many names in this recruiting cycle that are out there just to mess me up and even worse for Bill. So we're going to use as many as possible here. The quarterback that just committed to Tennessee, Nicholas Ayamaleva, it's my best shot. Yeah, that's close was, I mean, the apple of everybody's eye, the, the programs that you would expect to be going after him, the USC's, the Ohio State's, the Clemson's, the Alabama's all went after him, and he committed to Tennessee, and he got an NIL deal, NIL deal in the millions. So is that why Carnell Tate is now on to Tennessee, possibly? I mean, I really thought he was a done deal, but Tennessee, I got to give him credit. Their only way they're getting back in here is to write checks, and it seems like they're doing that. So is Tennessee a legit threat for Carnell Tate? I still think he's going to end up at Ohio State. I'll start there. But it's not a done deal. As Andrew Ivins and I talked about yesterday in that article, um, and Andrew knows those guys as well as anybody. He's right down there with them in Florida. Um, with Nico, the quarterback, heading to Tennessee, that helps. You know, if you're a great wide receiver – 
you, you want to go where there's a great quarterback. So that helps. And, you know, he is considering them. Uh, they are in the running. It's going to come down to Ohio State for Carnell Tate. Uh, it's going to come down to Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Tennessee. I still think it'll be Ohio State, but Tennessee is in the running now. Very, very interesting. Of, of the guys from Florida, Bill, this is the question we always get, um, and this is prevalent. Is anyone on commitment watch for the weekend legitimately? Well, I, I think if Ohio State gives him the green light, safety, Damian Fagan um, it, it would be the guy. Yeah, he, he's a he's an outstanding player, but Ohio State already has a commitment from one safety, Cedric Hawkins from Florida. I like their chances a lot of getting Malik Hartford from uh, here in Ohio, and I've crystal balled him to Ohio State, so that would be two. They love uh, Joanel Aguero, who went to IMG last year, but is back in uh, Massachusetts this year. So, you know, can they get Aguero? You know, we'll see. Uh, but uh, – Damon Fagan is a talented prospect and he likes Ohio State a lot. If they get the green light uh, uh, and if they really push for him, I, I could see him as a possibility to commit this weekend or soon after. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Interesting question from Zachary Dixon, topical given we were discussing Iamaleva. Is the NIL money guaranteed? Or do players need to stick with the team for a certain amount of time before they get paid? Nobody knows. That's the whole point of this. Every single NIL deal and stuff is being done off board. So I don't think they have any idea. Could you put a rider in there that if the kid transfers, he doesn't get the money? I'm sure. But that's kind of the wild, wild west aspect of this. There's no like financial thread tying everything together. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I actually talked to an agent and he said when these NFL deals like the Deshaun Watson are, are announced, uh, it's all in the contract. None of these numbers are actually going to be hit. A lot of times the last couple of years are written off. It's just, you know, uh, dog and pony show with the numbers. And that's a lot what the NIL deals are. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to be met. And there's a lot of uh, things they'll have to do to get the money. But shots fired with that deal to Nico Amaleva down in there. That That's a rude awakening for everybody in this college sports that thinks I'm not going to have to use money for freshmen. I know some schools have come in dead set against paying their freshmen. They want to pay the seniors and the guys on the field that deserve it. But Tennessee says, you want to build a program, you pay freshmen, and we're going to see that flip the scales here. Uh, hats off to them for giving it a shot. Now, uh, as the NFL knows, most of the quarterbacks you take in the first round don't work out. So good luck with that money. It's also interesting because, you know, the NIL – I guess it's certainly good content to talk about, but until it really affects the balance of power, it's really just chatter because I think we all understand that there was some, probably some money being exchanged among players anyway, at some point in time. But this was the, the Tennessee one was the first one that to me jumped the normal course of recruiting, meaning you've got a guy who could affect the balance of power, not going to one of the three schools and going to another one. Now football, you got a lot of players on the field. It's going to take, more than that, but that was really the first one that to me could alter the balance of power. Now it depends how much money Tennessee wants to spend, I guess, but, and to keep up with the Alabamas and Ohio States and now USC's of the world, I think will be difficult, but um, that's a challenge. All right, Bill, here's one for you. Who will be the biggest recruit OSU will get in the 23 class out of Georgia. And this is going to be a lead into a discussion on someone we all like very much. Go ahead, Bill. Well, right now I'd, I'd have to go with A.J. Hoffler just because I think 
they have the best chance of getting him from all of the guys in Georgia uh, that they're recruiting. Um, He's he's an outstanding player. Mark did a um, evaluation of him, a breakdown of him, and it was, uh, to say the least, a very favorable uh, breakdown. He's good. He's very, very good. So I would go with him, but certainly there are other guys. There's a lot of them, um, you know, that are great, great talents that Ohio State has a chance at. I just think that right now, Hoffler is the one they have the best chance of landing. Georgia is a very talent-rich program, and I'm going to hand this off to Mark here for his views on Hoffler. But what's interesting is, and this is going to come up incessantly, is that Georgia has not offered him yet. And people are saying, oh, how can he be that good if Georgia hasn't offered? Georgia is recruiting at a level right now in state, and given the fact they won the national championship, Extremely high level. And if you go look at any NFL draft uh, chatter coming up, Georgia's going to have six or seven defensive players picked in the top 50. So they are out selling that big time. I think they feel like they're going to get their top few targets this cycle more than any other because of that. And that's the reason Hoffler hasn't gotten an offer. Now, if they don't get those guys, there's no law saying they can't come in on Hoffler late either. But Mark, you were really high on Hoffler, and there's a review of him up on the site right now. Yeah, I, I thought he looked like uh, Jadavian Clowney or even Chase Young, uh, 6'5", 240 pounds in high school, and he looks like he's going to get bigger and stronger. Uh, what I liked about him is his first step and the explosive first step. He's He's got a sprinters-type first step and explosion out of the blocks, and people brought up the competition he's playing, and you know he, he blew by those tackles so, poor, uh, so quickly that – I went back and watched it again and watched each tackle that he beat up. And, yeah, there are some kids on there that aren't five-star players he's going against. But for the most part, they're able high school bodies. Um, I never liked to bang a kid too hard because of the competition he faced. But he did exactly what he needed to against poor competition, average competition, great competition. He dominated it all. Uh, pass rushers are the hardest players to find. Uh, the NFL has the hardest time finding pass rushers. I can't believe Georgia hasn't offered him. If I'm a college team and you find pass rushers, they want to come play for me. I'm taking as many as I can get, and we'll let it sort itself out in my program, not somewhere else. Uh, for Hoffler not to have Georgia doesn't bother me. Uh, I would miss on a player like that all day long if other people didn't agree with my evaluation. He, he's truly shocking, I, and I don't like to hype guys up. I was shocked there wasn't more hype about him. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I like to hear it. All right, Bill, anyone can take this. Um, We'll give you the second part of the question, Bill. Good morning, gentlemen. This is from Nine Wisdom. Can someone please give insight on whatever happened to wide receiver Jalen Harris? I thought he had a lot of potential. He just, I mean, Ohio State's a hard place to get on the field. I believe he's Jalen Harris. Was he Cleveland Heights? Um, Good receiver, really good basketball player, just never clicked for him. And he waited it out. We give him the credit for that. But uh, listen, if there's a wide receiver depth chart that's hard to crack here, ask Jamison Williams, okay? It's that hard. Um, but the key part of the question here, Bill, would like to know, are we getting Richard Young? 
You both can comment on Richard Young. Bill, you can comment um, on who he is and his recruiting status. And Mark, you've done a review of Richard Young, and he is a standout. Go ahead, Bill. Real quick, getting back to what you said about the the depth chart at wide receiver. Um, you know, you, you had three one thousand uh, yard reception guys last year. That's crazy, um, and, and they're all first round NFL draft choices. You know, whenever Literally. I talk to somebody nationally about Ohio State wide receivers. It's just that they they immediately talk about how crazy it is, how many great wide receivers Ohio State has every year now. That always gets brought up by people nationally that kind of do this stuff that I talk to. As far as Richard Young, I still think my you know, the likely order right now as it stands for him, and, and I still think it's likely going to come down to three schools, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia in that order would be – the three right now um do they actually get richard who knows for sure you know like you know uh, we've talked about before it's recruiting and things change constantly but i still like that as my order for him right now uh, mark i'll go to you one sec speaking of nil uh travion henderson taking advantage of the nil certainly doesn't hurt um, when it comes to recruiting running backs and the fact that he got the ball early, I think all these guys can look and see if I'm the best player, I'm going to get the ball. And Richard Young is a good enough guy that, you know, with running backs, they can hit the ground running. I would not be surprised to see him get carried as a true freshman. Yeah, you know what? Ohio State's recruiting all styles of backs. We talked about Cedric Baxter, and we saw, see some scat backs that fit the spread. Uh, this young kid, I, I love him. The vision, the explosion. The way he runs, he's going to be a perfect fit. And you're like saying, you need a caddy for these other running backs. And I don't know how, like like receiver, like you come to Ohio State, it's tough to get in these rotations and tough to get on the field, and even more so as a freshman. I like his talent to be able to do that, but it's just like, who do you kick out of the rotation to get him in there? You know, so again, I think that's a, a great player for Ohio State to get, but Seeing the, the repertoire of backs they've offered so far, boy, I'll take any of them right now. I'm not going to get picky. Bill, do you think they have a favorite? Um, they, they like Richard Young a lot. Um, they, they like Justice Haynes from Georgia. Uh, and the, the kid that's visiting this weekend, or the, today actually, um, from Florida that we've talked about, Cedric Baxter, I, I agree with Mark. i take any of those three guys in a heartbeat. Um, I, but I just think right now Richard Young is the number one guy on the list. Um, but again, you know, you're splitting hairs. Love to have any of the three. If you come down to a final three in recruiting of Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, you're pretty much ready for the NFL. I think uh, I'll bet if you go do a research project on that and any guy who came down with those three years as finalists probably has a beach house. And uh, that's good for him. All right, Bill, here's an obscure one. Who was a top prospect OSU is looking at from a less populated state? Didn't we have a guy from South Dakota a while back? Is it Grant Toutant? So uh, if you can pull one out here, Bill, I haven't really seen. I guess Utah now with the amount of guys they've had is not even obscure. You got one for us? Well, uh, yeah, Devin Brown, you know, certainly uh, – it would be at the top of my list. Um, and you know what's, to me, what's crazy, not crazy, but crazy good for Ohio State is that, you know, when I started doing this, um, you know, back in the days of the uh, stone tablet and and, and chisel, um, Ohio State basically recruited in the Midwest. Um, you know, they've, 
spread out farther and farther every year. But still, 10, eh, 15 years ago, let's say, they weren't getting guys from some states. Um, in, in my 35 plus years of doing this, they had never gotten a guy from Wisconsin that they actually signed. They did this past year. They got Carson Hinsman from Wisconsin. That broke that. You know, they're getting guys from every, it doesn't matter. There is no state now off limits to Ohio State. They're able to get guys from every single state. That's my bad, B double eleven. I was guessing there in Grant Teton. I know they've gotten a guy from South Dakota or one of the Dakotas who never really played. Uh, how about this one? From Steve Loki. Looks like Jack Sawyer is going to fill Knowles' Jack position. Is that a position specific type of recruit? And who in the 23 class would they recruit for that? Mark, any vibe on that? You know, that's a good question. I, you know, until we see this defense function. I'm not going to claim to have a great feel of the exact body types to go uh, anywhere. And like, I think I talked about it last week. I think Knowles has had to put spare parts in the different positions on his defense where I don't know if he has types. I don't know if he's had the luxury at Ohio state to, to recruit a certain type to the position and, and get that type every year and just keep plugging and playing that type. Uh, Jack Sawyer has to get on the field. I don't care what the position is. He's just going to be too good of a player, and, and I'm glad to see his name's already popping up in spring ball as, as one of the guys. Uh, coming out of high school, I had him as a can't-miss guy, and you get worried there, you know, freshman year that he's not doing as much, but some of the ends in front of him, that, that's more what they were. They were seniors holding him back. Uh, I think they're just going to unleash him this year. And the jack position, until I see it, I, I mean, and I'm watching all these names pop up on buck nuts of the different positions, but until we see who actually wins those jobs, it's hard for me to say the exact type of recruit, but any recruit that looks like Jack Sawyer, A.J. Hoffler, all these guys, we'll take and plug and play them. No doubt. Bill, this was our conversation before Mark signed on today. We talked about how USC is literally becoming what they should be, and Sue is on it as well. Do we have a good shot on any Cali kids, or has Lincoln Riley got them all locked up? You can use this as an entree to kind of summarize what we were discussing. Well, I don't think Lincoln Riley necessarily has him locked up, but I think he's a factor now at USC that is making it a little bit more difficult for Ohio State. Um, that program should be a relevant program, and he's going to get it back to relevance. You know, like we talked about, maybe not the old days of USC, but they're at least going to be relevant because he's going to bring in the kids. Um, you know, and he's already doing that. And we talked about this uh, before the show. Um, Jeremiah Smith, the wide receiver from Florida, class of 2024. Uh, he, he may have been about ready to commit to Ohio State, but as you'll see in an article I'm going to do on Bucknuts coming up here, um, he's, he's visiting Ohio State this weekend, but he's not going to commit to Ohio State this weekend or anybody else. Um, USC's involved with him now. He's a Florida kid. He's not a California kid, but it's just, you know, shows what Lincoln Riley, you know, he's going to make it a little bit more interesting for Ohio state. He's not going to keep Ohio state from getting great quarterbacks and great wide receivers. It's just that he's going to get his players out there too. Um, you know, can Ohio state get any of these great California kids? Yep. They could, they certainly can. And they certainly will. Um, the kid that was here at the, um, under Armour, just a week and a half ago, the wide receiver, Ryan Pelham, 2024, tremendous player. I, I was 
really impressed with him. Um, he's a kid that I certainly could see Ohio State getting, but he's also going to consider uh, what Lincoln Riley in those schools can offer too. The other side of that, the question might be is, can USC pull players out of Ohio? Uh, they have got uh, maybe on one hand, I can remember in the last 15 years, players out of Ohio. And the reason I bring it up is they took Andre Walker, the Glenville offense. That was the name I was searching for in the banks here. Okay. And, you know, Coach Ginn tells me a few weeks ago after Ohio State offered Bryce West and some of these other guys in the Michigan trip with the Glenville guys, USC was on the phone with him offering guys, and a bunch of the Glenville guys are going out to USC on a trip. That doesn't happen very often. If you've been on a trip out to USC, it's a little different than Ohio, and that could sway you. And, you know, will we see USC make their presence felt? Maybe not just at Glenville, but with other players in Ohio as they spot recruiting or need recruiting. The key to USC and why I have confidence in them being, you know, a powerhouse is similar to the reason I feel like Ohio State is set up in that they are going to get an NFL first-round quarterback prospect and have usually two or three in the room going forward. Guys are choosing Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day to get them ready for the NFL. The track record is there. I've said this. Ohio State's on a run of first-round quarterbacks here that shows no sign of ending. And if they can recruit at this level, I mean, it should continue. And Lincoln Riley has the reputation. That's set. These guys are thriving in the NFL and getting paid. So that's going to be a challenge. But – Thankfully, there's only one quarterback per class that you need to get. If it was a group situation, it might be a little more challenging. Bill, we will finish with this. Ed Rogers, never say we don't care about special teams. What is in the kicking pipeline? Well, I I have long felt that whether it be the NFL draft or recruiting, kicking and punting is underrated, you know. The Cincinnati Bengals were a good example. Then how many games did they win at the end of the game? And if they don't draft that kicker, they don't win those games. I mean, he was automatic. I knew the Bengals lined up for a field goal from less than 55 yards out. That guy was going to make it. And if the, even if the game was on the line, if you have a great punter, it's so important. As far as the highest state kicking game, um, a name that I really think people should keep in mind is Jaden Fielding. He's the kid that uh, from IMG, he is a preferred walk-on that I think eventually will be on scholarship, but he has a tremendously strong leg. Watched him in person um, beginning of the season. Um, he, he's going to, I think, factor in uh, sooner rather than later. He could be the guy kicking off for Ohio State. He's not going to replace Ruggles as the 45-yard on-in type field goal guy. But eventually he will, I think, be the field goal guy. And I think he's going to give Ohio State a weapon kicking off this year. I'm not going to post this, but there's some discussion among our uh, commenters here about whether USC or UCLA is in a tough neighborhood. And the answer to that is USC. UCLA is in Westwood, which uh, goes Zillow some houses around the campus and, uh, and, and inherit an oil fortune if you want to move there. But I will say this. I went to USC for spring break with my boarding school roommate for senior year, and USC is next to a tough neighborhood called Watts. Watch the movie Colors if you haven't heard about it. Uh, I don't think that's going to dissuade anybody from going there, by the way. There's other sites to see at USC that are quite appealing, let me tell you. We appreciate the two studs of recruiting with Ohio State stopping by. It's going to be like this every Thursday. 
We want you to fire as many questions as possible. Like I said, we want the show to be as interactive as possible. If you can smash the like buttons and subscribe to all things, we would appreciate it. Have a good one, Bucknutters.